International Women's Day, celebrating the women at the Hit Network. Hi, I'm Gemma Fordham and I'm the head of the Hit Network. And today, to celebrate International Women's Day, we're talking to the wonderful women on air as part of our network. And now I'm joined by our Melbourne Breakfast Show host, Fifi Box. You and I have known each other a long time, so I do know your story. But I think for other people to understand how you've got to where you are Mm. uh, is really important to show how much hard work has gone into it and how brave you've been as well in your choices. So start at the beginning. Okay, so (laughs) back. Well, I knew I wanted to get into radio and I always loved radio and it was a medium Mm. that I just grew up with. Like I loved, I listened to the Fox Breakfast Show back with Grubby and Dee Dee when I was going to school and... And it was it was sort of part of the fabric of my life. My family, we were radio listeners. So when I wanted to get into radio and I found living in Melbourne, there was a course at Swinburne, which was a commercial radio course. And it was only a 12-month course. Uh, and at the end of it, you get opportunities to meet regional general managers. And I remember I was, oh, I would have been 19, maybe, would have been 19 at the time. And uh, I I met a, a general manager from 3TR Taralgon and he said, well, you know, if you want to come down and do some work experience. And see, back then, we're talking the 90s, yeah. mid-90s, work experience was a real thing and you didn't expect to get paid. Yeah. So I remember I went down to uh, Taralgon, worked there for a month or so. Then I went up to Port Macquarie, um, 2MC, Rocks FM, worked for two months there and you you know, I wasn't paid at the time. I'm not saying that to be a martyr, but it was just like I wanted it. I wanted to learn. And I remember one thing I learned really early on was going into a regional station and immersing yourself in the station. You do everything. You do all jobs. I was um, copywriter, promotions yep. manager, <laughs> announcer, newsreader. You do it all. And it was great grounding, a great work experience. But my first actual paid job was at 3GG in Warragul. As a copywriter, and I'll never forget, I was 19 and I've got my very first job and I was making $19,000 a year and I got in my Ford Festiva and I cried the three-hour drive just thinking, what have I? What am I doing? This is and, – and It's a leap think, of faith. Well, it is. When you say brave, it's funny because I do look back at that little yeah. – you know, I was geez, still a child, 19, and what was I doing? Where was I going all by myself? But I – I just, I knew that was my, not my path. I'm not meant to be a bit wanky about that, but it was just something I really wanted to do. And then when I got there and most people who are in radio and trying to get somewhere, you've got a battle ahead of you because you've got to get people's attention. So I was sort of sitting in a broom closet writing commercials in (laughs) Warrigal, sending off CDs because that's what you did at the time. They were CDs and sending them to all the program directors in Australia saying, could I just come in and meet your announcers? Can I watch your breakfast show? Can I? And you just never hear back. And I, but and that was sort of a relentless process. And then I finally got a chance to volunteer. I was volunteering in Melbourne. I think it might have been Double TFM at the time, at late at night. And then I finally got an opportunity at Triple M in Sydney. And that was probably after two or three years of regional radio, volunteering, one stage I worked at the tax office for like eight <laughs> hours a day and then I'd go into Double T at night from 10pm to 1 and yeah. um, do the phones for the Captain Turntable show. As you're saying all of this, can I just say, <laughs> knowing um, we've known each other a long time and yeah. obviously worked together now, your work ethic has not changed. Do you, it really <laughs> hasn't. Isn't it funny? Because it, it's You like really commit. I really do. I really yeah. want something and yeah. I think that's... 
I, you know, it's admirable. Uh, well, it's something that I know when people say, "How did you get it? How did you get there?" And I've often thought this recently, even having a daughter and thinking, "What is she going to do with her life?" I think to myself, "Please don't choose media. Don't choose radio. Don't choose what I chose." Because if I look back, it was constant persistence, and it's in. in you, there are so many walls, and there are so many hurdles, and you you really need the wherewithal and the resilience to to keep going because, you know, you never like the – I remember I had a program director who will remain nameless because he's now actually a friend, but he hung up at me. I, I rang to say, hi, this is my um, – my name's Fifi Box and I would love to come and maybe just have a tour of the radio station and he hung up on me. Like, you, yeah. you, 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 you're a kid, you're a teenager and you're getting hung up on by people. Mm. You know, how I didn't walk away or think, what am I doing? This is madness. When you went to Triple M Sydney, I'm I'm careful about how I say this because I don't want it to come across in the wrong way, but you really were truly entering a boys' club because the station was targeted towards men and Mm. and certainly at that time and you were going into an environment that would have been, I'm sure... Really intimidating. Intimidating, yeah. You know, interesting because I think often we talk about the boys' club in radio and the history of it being a very male-dominated industry and I try to think about my path in that because I did, particularly at at Triple M Sydney, enter that boys' club but as a credit to the men Mm. and guys that I worked with, I I was never made to feel like I was different or, oh, who's this chick? I, I was actually treated with respect from the beginning and I, I mean, yeah, I was a hard worker so I was doing whatever I had to do and trying to prove myself but... Yeah, it wasn't about your gender. It was just that you were good yeah. at what you did and, and they fully supported and encouraged you and I think that's the thing certainly on days like today there is such a lot to be said about the men that champion women and yes. I think it's come a long way. And maybe, and I, I was thinking about it, there weren't many women wanting to work at Triple yeah. M. Like, yeah, true. I, <laughs> and I won't lie, you were working at Today FM and I kind of wanted to be there. <laughs> I think of those days, which seems like a lifetime ago now, but it's important to raise it. I, I do have memories of us when we worked together and we would be there early morning. Mm. Um, we were junior producers. We'd be collecting the newspapers in the morning. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it was a ridiculous time of day. But I think of that now and I think that's the beauty of your story is that you've put in the hard yards and I think that's an important thing to highlight because nowadays I think people think you just maybe have, you know, you fell into it or not yeah. just you but in general they're like, oh, that person just kind of landed and there's so much hard work that's gone into that for you that I think it's important to raise that. I, I have an opinion here that can be controversial and not taken well by millennials particularly. But not, I know where you're going. Yeah, you this. know where yeah. I'm going. But it is true. Like I do find that there are now people entering the entertainment industry and, and this is across the board. You look at television, have reality TV mm. stars who go from being nobody to suddenly a diva in a makeup room making demands mm. and – and, and similarly, you can have people who enter a radio station and they want, to, this is my role and that's all I'm prepared to do and I'm not going to do anything beyond that because you're not. that's what you're paying me to do. And I, I just think that that is a really limited, narrow way of approaching things because, you know, my advice uh, to anyone of any gender really, not even just, you know, women or girls getting into an industry like this is just see everything as an opportunity. Don't see, don't, don't look at limits or don't put yourself on a pedestal where, you know, you, you think you're demanding respect at the end of the day, 
you get respect and you get that um, feeling of accomplishment and, and success by just giving everything. Because mm. what have you got to lose? You yeah. live once. Yeah. Get into it. Get yeah. stuck in. And you've applied that same logic though, not just then, but when you've had other roles. So you obviously were on Sunrise. Yes, you've yeah. done Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. <laughs> but those have been, I'm sure, tough decisions to make because, again, it's about being brave and being bold. And yeah. you seem to just jump and just go for it. Are you ever nervous or scared or do you just embrace it? I've always found that fascinating with you. I think I am. I think I do get, I I obviously get nerves because I think I'm human, but I also think I just learned really early in life and it probably was with some of the knocks I had back in my early 20s when you are probably your most fragile because you're out in the world, you don't have your mum and dad to protect you and suddenly you can, you know, it can be a hard, harsh experience being out in the big wide world. And I had some knocks and I just remember waking up the next day whenever something bad was happening in my life and going, well, the sky hasn't fallen. Like Mm. it doesn't matter. Like nothing, you, you can keep getting up again. You know, no one can stop you getting up again. You can get a knock, you can have someone you know, dump you, fire you, tell you you're no good at your job. But they can't stop you getting up the next day and wanting to be better at your job and and making improvements and and proving them wrong. And I think that, you know, that sort of um, persistence, and I'm not saying that you're necessarily born with that either. I don't think that's a a talent. I think that's something that you at some stage make a a choice and you say, I am going to, I'm a fighter and I'm going to fight for this. The nature of what you do is very emotional and you have to be vulnerable and you have to put yourself on the line every day Mm. to create that connection with the audience. But I've watched over the last few years, I know that stuff maybe bothered you a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I see you now and either you're really good at acting (laughs) or truly I feel like you've come such a long way that it doesn't, it just doesn't bother you. Yeah, it's, that's really true. And I think it is social media. Now, if you have an opinion and people don't like it, they will tell you and they'll tell you in in words that maybe you're not used to people speaking to you with such language or you you can be you can have a photo of yourself or appear on television and suddenly you're physically being torn apart. It's For anyone who puts themselves out there, now social media is just there for trolls and for people to pull, you know, tear you down. But I I, it's toughened me up and I, I, it's a shame because I really despise that world of anonymous keyboard warriors just, you know, ruining people's, I guess, self-esteem. But by the same token, you're right, I it really doesn't affect me. When somebody has a bad opinion of me or says something about me or doesn't like me, I don't let it affect me because they're not invested because they've had a bad opinion about me and now they're off making risotto for dinner. Yep. They're not obsessing about Fifi. Yeah. You know, I remember hearing that uh, old adage, what people think about me is none of my business. I remember hearing that years ago thinking, that is the lamest quote. <laughs> don't even get it. But I really do now. It's yeah. just none of my business what you think about me. Mm. And you're, you're, you've got a license to think whatever you want. Yeah. But it's just not going to affect me. And I think people would be listening to this, men and women, thinking you can apply that to anyone can apply that into their life, you know? Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's something that obviously you have to deal with as an extreme in the media, but people encounter this day in, day out mm. at, in their workplaces, at picking up the kids from school, feeling like they're not part of the you know, totally. cookie gang of mums. And there are so many ways that that can apply to people's lives. And I think that's something that you should be really proud of. And from one, from a woman to another woman, I really respect and admire that in you. And it takes a lot of guts to have 
the courage to quote a book out at the moment, the courage to be disliked, you know, yeah, it, that takes a lot of guts. So I think, you know, you sharing how you've landed there is an important thing for people to hear. I think when you're in the public eye, it's amplified. Like you said, it happens to everyone, but it's so amplified when mm. you're in the public eye. I think your resilience, you build it quicker mm. because you just, you realise not only do people really not like me, they've just told a thousand of their followers they don't like me and what they think about my dress sense. So you just, you get, you get that, yeah. you arrive there very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and you have beautiful Trixie. Yes, I do. What did, what did being a mum do for you? So much of my life, you know, the 20 years before she came along, I was so uh, driven and the drive hasn't changed, but the perspective has. And you know, I was so, you know, I think about my 20s and, you know, my, half of my 30s before she came along. It was about no sleep and it was about, you know, stressing and obsessing over whatever job I had at the time or where I was going and what was the opportunity to chase. And you, you, it's like that, uh, yeah, you're in this a bit like on a hamster wheel going around in circles just trying to get somewhere. And then suddenly she came along and it's a, it's a, it just, alters I guess the importance on things that I maybe things that I used to really um, focus on I now don't anymore like I'm still as driven and I'm still as um, committed to success and I do love success and that's something that I strive for but it doesn't drive me the way it used to in that I can disengage with it at the end of the day. Mm. So like if you have a bad radio show or you know you slip in the ratings you know, before she came along, that would have been catastrophic. Now it's, okay, fine, build yourself back up again. We can fix this. We've got this. And guess what? I'm going to disengage and just focus on this beautiful relationship I've got mm. with this little girl. So, yeah, definitely. And, and probably this is a long way to get to the, the real answer, which is just balance. It just mm. balanced me. You're one of those mums that I aspire to be because... You're one of the mums that is like really like the best. Like no, you are. You are. You're like the fun mum. In fact, you were talking about it on air the other day. Yes. That you're like the fun mum and you put invest so much time into being a mum as yeah. well and you invest so much time here. This is probably a deep question, yeah. but in the spirit of, you know, celebrating all the different sides to women, is there any time left for you? Not what, really. What do you do for you just, and, just for Fifi? I don't really do much. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Because I know that this is the bit where I'm supposed to say yes. I no. I, I she is my time. That's what I want. So because mm. I get a bit of that, like I don't have a social life, and I know that I'm the butt of a lot of my friends' jokes because I don't go out. I'm home all the time, but I I just gonna get emotional. I just love her, and I want to yeah. be with her all the time. Mm. So I just <laughs> no, but I yeah. do. So yeah. so it's not really a secret. So that is me looking after me. <laughs> You're so, and also you have such gratitude and you're so yeah. thankful for her and I understand that. And um, whilst we need tissues in here. See, I've got um, friends who go, let's do a girls weekend but then I won't be with Trixie. <laughs> <laughs> I may be a bit obsessed. This could be a problem. <laughs> so speaking of brave decisions. Yes. <laughs> you made a very brave decision. Yeah. You're obviously pregnant. Yeah. With your second little mm, bubba. Unbelievable. Um, uh, I know the journey you've been on to get there and mm. I really admire the fact that you've shared the journey with with all the listeners and you've decided to, you've obviously had an anonymous sperm donor. Yep. You're looking stunning <laughs> and now you're going to have... Just you know, a packet of Tim Tams. The Tim Tams. 
and the and the trusty can of Sprite is yes. you. But it, now it's going to be you know you and your yeah. two babies. It what, is. What was that like making that decision? Was that a tough decision or? Do you know what it was? And a lot of thought went into it. I just wanted it, and it goes back to probably what you've touched on uh, earlier. I, when I want something, I don't see the impediments. I don't see the blocks. I How just, beautiful, though. I just go, I want to have a baby and I really want that. And the place I am in my life, it's not really – I don't – I've got a five-year-old and as I just pointed out, I want to spend lots of time with her to invest in a relationship and at, a, at the time in my life where, you know, once you turn 40, you don't – I don't have the luxury of meet someone, get to know them for a few years to then make a decision. Mm. Oh, I guess we, you know, maybe go down the path of having a child together. So I, I, I realised a couple of years ago that it was probably going to be a journey on my own with Trixie and I, I felt that ownership over that decision and that was a a big call and, and a lot of thought goes into that because you've got to talk, you've got to think through ethics and um, and morally how I felt about the path I was going to go on and it just felt right for me and my family and we just couldn't be happier. Like it's it's um, next to Trixie, the se- you know, the second mm. best thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Your, your house is filled with so much love. Yeah. At the end of the day, children need love and you exactly. give that in abundance. So I can understand how you've, you've made that decision and like we were saying earlier, you're an amazing mum and if that makes, if that helps you feel fulfilled, mm. then what a, what a, what a gift, you know, to offer to this little one as well. Mm. And um, it's that tough, 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 just there's, it's just time that the realising that women are confronted by this biological mm. clock that, you know, you've got to move because I, I, I've said mm. to you personally, when you go and see, and as I did uh, an IVF specialist and talked about it and realised that, oh, I'm like, I'm literally every day, my ability, my, my fertility is just going. It's mm. it's racing out the door. So I needed to act. Yeah. And um, it's a re- I can see how a lot of women would be really confronted by that situation. I've been, had so many reach out to me insane. I'm in my late 30s or my early 40s and I'm on my own and this is just such a big decision and, and how did you arrive there, as you just said. And, and you can't do it for anyone else. But in my gut, it was the right decision for me and my family. Yeah. And also equally how much you, by sharing that story, encouraged other women because <laughs> you're right. There are so many women that whether they focus on their career or whether they've had other things going on in their lives that they, they reach 40 or you know mm. early 40s and suddenly you meet someone and you're a few months in and I imagine <laughs> that it's like, okay, we've known each other for three months, but can we have a baby? You know, that's, exactly. a, that's a tough thing as well. So to highlight that there is another option... I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember when I was going through it, it was so private and then to talk about it publicly and you think, oh, people are going to, you know, there will obviously be judgment attached to this or people that don't agree and, and people that maybe would never do it and that's fine but that's going back to what we were mm. talking about. That's the resilience of life. You make decisions that are right for you and that, you know, right for your circumstances. Mm. You're going to have the two little ones. You yes. work from home for a little while. Yes, I will, yeah. It's important <laughs> that, you know, you have time being a mum and mm. and your suggestion was when you're ready to come back to work from home and that's what loads of mums do. So yeah. we, we, we just make that work. I think that's thank all. Thank you. That's, no, you, don't say thank you. <laughs> I know. No, I'm very lucky I'm to be. i thank you to you. <laughs> but I am lucky to be in a situation where I have that opportunity because, you know, I think a lot of lot of women who have reached out to me are like, I just can't, I can't logistically see how I can have a baby on my own because you need help and you need support, 
and, you know, support from family, friends, but also, you know, your workplace because mm. you, you, you're you really on your own. You have a really good group of friends around you. I do. I, I, and I know that. I know yeah. you've got, and I know you're very close to Carrie as well. Yes, and, yep. and you look after each other, which is beautiful. Yeah, it is good. And that's good. And particularly in that instance, being in the same industry, you get, mm. you know, we both get each other's situations. But yeah, you need... I think it's, you know, the friends, friends of the family you choose. Mm. And and I feel like I've constantly heard this over the last few years, but it does take a village to raise a child. And particularly in the situation I'm in, it's so good to have all these other influences in my life and now my children's life that are so, you know, valuable for their upbringing. If people have looked at your life and thought, oh, she has this perfect life... <laughs> The reality is you have the same struggles that everyone does, yeah. but your attitude towards those struggles is the part that I love the most, yeah. is that you can choose to go down a dark hole or you yeah. can choose to find the humour in it. And that's the part that I think is brilliant about how you approach life. And that's the part that the listeners get to hear of you every day. So oh, thanks, Jim. Well, thank, thank you, you for sharing your story. Thank it's, you. Thank you for being such a huge part of our network oh. and, and for waking up Melbourne every morning. <laughs> My pleasure. You made me cry, Jim. <laughs> I'd just like to say it was nothing to do for no, work reasons, exactly. though. <laughs> International Women's Day, celebrating the women at the Hit Network.